Greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Gary Buckman with us today and he's from California. He's a speaker, executive coach and an author. But before all that, Gary was a top level gymnast. And then while he was pursuing his career, something happened that left him paralyzed in bed with a broken neck. And he was told that he could never move, never walk again. But over the next three years, there are things that Gary did that put him back on his feet. And then he went on to work with about five top level gymnasts and take them to the Olympics. And they're all gold medalists too, I hear. And after that, he's written a book, actually. That's what we're going to talk about today. And his book is about his experiences and what worked for him. Broken to Brilliant is what it's called. So having said that, let's welcome Gary and we'll get started. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Arjun. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolute pleasure having you. So tell us about your story. You know, you were a gymnast and what happened? Well, um, in college, one day at practice on the vaulting event, the long horse vaulting event, I was... Uh, flying down the runway and I took off on the wrong foot and instantly knew I was in trouble. So I made a snap decision to kick out of the vault. It was a multiple flipping vault thinking it was a great decision. And the next thing I knew I was about a foot and a half off the ground going head first for the mat. And I landed square on top of my head from about eight and a half feet in the air, knocked me completely out. And when I regained consciousness, my neck was broken and I couldn't feel anything from the neck down. And, you know, after that, I got, I got uh, some feeling back. I had a lot of pain and a lot of, you know, things, but, but my arms were instantly paralyzed and gone. And the trainer actually had me walk out of the gym on my own power that day, which seems kind of crazy. And while I was at the doctor's office, I lost my left leg. And then they took me to the hospital and put me in traction. You know, I, as, while I was in the hospital, the doctors came in after a few weeks and said, uh, you're not responding to any of the uh, treatments. And so this is how you're gonna be the rest of your life. And I said, no, I don't think so, doc. That's not, that's not my plan. <laughs> I, I have another plan for my life. Uh, so that's kind of how the injury went. And then what happened over the next couple of years? How did you get back to being able to walk again and all that? Well, um, that's a great question. <laughs> I, um, being a gymnast and all, um, I used visualization to see myself going through my routines all the time. So that's what I started to do right away when I was laying flat on my back 24-7. I started visualizing uh, myself back to normal, back in school, back with my friends, back at the gym, back working out. Um, you know, and I also got very specific, you know, I, I, um, I even saw the nerve impulses going from my brain, you know, through the neural pathways back to making my muscles work. And within a few weeks, I got my leg back, which they thought was a miracle. And um, then I got within another week or so I got released because they said there was nothing they could do for me. And so what I did was I went home with my teammates, we all lived in a team house together. And my teammates were now my nursemaids, they took care of me. And, you know, if you can imagine a bunch of 20 year olds living together in a house, um, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. And it was nice because 
their 20 year old mentality was the exact medicine that I needed. They were positive and upbeat. And um, they also, you know, gave me tough love when I needed it. When I was down and out, you know, they would say, Hey, you know, we're not putting up with this, get back in the game here, buddy. And so they nursed me back. And um, after a while I, I, um, I had stopped going to the doctors because I got tired of hearing the negative news every time I went. And lots of times he canceled my appointments because he was a neurosurgeon. I mean, he was an orthopedic surgeon. And so um, I stopped going to the doctors for months. And then, um, and I was in constant pain all the time, you know, because my back muscles spasm to protect the spinal cord. And so one day I woke up, you know, um, in, like I said, in late August, early September, and the, the pain, the pain was gone. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is this? You know, because I'd forgotten about that. And so um, I thought, this is great. You know, I took it in for a little bit. And then I thought, well, I better call the doctor and go back and see what's up. And so I went back in and had a doctor's appointment. And of course, he was furious with me. He hadn't seen me in months. And he was, he wasn't, you know, he was, his bedside man was more like, where the heck have you been? And how do you expect me to take care of you if you don't show up and all these things? And I said, well, he says, where have you been? I said, I've been out healing myself, doc. I, you know, I've been taking care of myself. And he says, well, we need to take x-rays. And I said, okay, great, go ahead. And I'm thinking, you know, like, take your stupid x-rays. I'm, I'm healing. I'm, I'm doing well. And he comes back in and first thing he says is, you need an operation immediately. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, okay, come over here. And he puts the x-rays up in the machine and, you know, and I'm a physical education major. So I've taken anatomy. I know what a normal spinal, you know, vertebrae column looks like. And the vertebrae and the initial injury was a compression fracture where it, you know, disintegrated the disc between the vertebrae and cracked the vertebrae in half, but it also subluxed. And so I, I'm looking at this x-ray and, and the vertebrae are lined up like this way off. The vertebrae still cracked in half. And now there's a big bone spur going out the front of one of my vertebrae where the body was trying to heal itself. And he looked at me and he says, do you know how much a millimeter or two is? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, that's what it's hanging on by. He said, someone could come up, slap you on the back to say, hey, Gary, how you doing? That thing could slip off, cut your cord. You're either going to die or you're going to be a quadriplegic for the rest of your life. So he says, you need an operation immediately. And so I had to go in and get an operation where they took a bone chip out of my hip and fused my sixth and seventh vertebrae together. I had to wear a neck brace for six months to let it grow together. And during that time, while I was you know, going through all that, um, I got the feeling in my arms back. And so I started rehabbing and little by little and little by little, I got back into the sport of gymnastics. And then when the bone completely fused together and I was cleared, I started competing again, little at a time. And then by 1974, 75 season, I was back full all the way back doing all six events again. And, um, uh, and had the best career, had the best year of my life in 70, 74, 74, 75. That's pretty amazing, Gary. That's actually quite a fast turnaround, a couple of years. You know, from being a, a really active athlete to kind of going through this accident, what was the what was what was the dark period or what was some of those uh, you know those dark times that you faced and how did you tackle with that? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, the, immediately, you know, when, when he gave me the news, um, I remember telling the nurses not to let anybody in to see me for a whole day, that I just wanted to deal with all of the emotions and, 
and the inner mind chatter that was going through, you know, like, you know, you know my life's over, you know, is anybody ever going to love me? What are my parents going to think? I'm like, can I finish school? I'll never be able to take care of myself. I'll never be able to drive a car. You know, I don't, you know, if I was lucky enough to meet somebody, I wouldn't be able to, you know, hold my baby in my arms or all these kind of things were going crazy. And so anyway, I, um, you know, I took a whole day, you know, being an athlete, I guess, you know, and there's no timetable this, it could have been a week, a month, a year, you know, two years, whatever it is to take, but you want to deal with all those emotions. So that's what I immediately did. And then the whole thing is, you know, we never do anything in life alone. And I had this amazing support group who were my teammates and also my friends. We all lived together, like I said, in a team house. And uh, they were there every day. And, and, you know, and I think back on it now, you know, they were in school, they were competing, you know, and, but they somehow had somebody there every day. And then, you know, making that decision for myself to heal myself, the universe lined up this amazing roommate that I had. <laughs> His name was Earl. And he was, you know, there was a divider in our room and he was 70 plus and he was in there for a hip replacement. And that guy was a godsend. He, he talked to me every day, you know, all day long about life. And I asked him all these questions and, and I learned so much in, in the time I was in the hospital with him. So it was like, you know, he helped me through. And then when I, you know, like I said, when I, when I got out and went home, my teammates helped me through. And, you know, there were a lot of dark times because, you know, over the months of trying to just, you know, make my arms move, I, I would sit in my room every night and I could swing my arms from my shoulders, you know, they would flop all over this and I would flop one of my hands up into my lap every night. And I would just sit there and, you know, like, like, come on, move, 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 move. And it, you know, I just wanted to open my fingers and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> you know, so. I just had to keep the faith. And I think another thing is, you know, um, a big thing is, is uh, my upbringing. Uh, my mother was a great influence on me. She was all of four foot 11 and 90 pounds, but she was this tough Iowa farm girl who was tenacious. And she always told me you could do anything you want when you put your mind to it. And so, and she always reminded me that dynamite came in small packages. So I think the influence of my mother and then also listening, you know, to the, to my internal voice, you know, like, and I was 20 at the time. I really didn't know what that was, but I could feel inside something that said, you can do this. You can heal yourself. You're, you don't have to take this prognosis and diagnosis of what the doctor said. You can go ahead and do what you want to do. And I think the combination of all of those things got me through the dark times. And once you, you know, after three years, once you got your motion back and you started going back into a, a more of a normal life, how was the evolution after that for you? You know, how did you from, uh, you know, becoming active to becoming a coach actually? Yeah, you know, it, um, I started coaching when I was in high school. My, um, my mentor and coach in high school had started a private club on the side and he hired me when I was 16 years old. He saw something in me, which I'm so grateful for, I guess, as a teacher. And I started coaching him when I was in high school and I fell in love with it. And so I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to go into the private club business and coach because 
kids were coming there to learn exactly what I was teaching. And um, so when I got into the coaching field after my accident, um, the accident really spurred me on to create a program that would develop total body awareness for my athletes so that they would never, ever get hurt like I did. And it was, you know, and that program is what actually allowed me to further my career because, you know, like um, my kids had so much success, you know, in competition um, that they asked me to be on the USA coaching staff. And then I got to travel around the world with the USA team. And, and it was just amazing. And it was, and it all stemmed, you know, from, from the, the broken neck, you know, I used to tell people and they always, and they always think it sounds funny to look at me sideways most of the time, but I think, you know, breaking my neck was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my life because I was actually going down the wrong road in college um, to give you a little background. When I was in high school, in gymnastics, it wasn't really accepted as a sport. You know, nobody came to watch us. You know, people said that, you know, we weren't really athletes. Um, but when I got into college, it was like the number one sport in my college at Chico State University. And, you know, thousands of people came to watch us. And so instantly I became a big man on campus and, and my head exploded and my ego went crazy. And, you know, and if I would have kept going down that road, I would have done not good things, I don't think. So, you know, breaking my neck was was a good thing for me. And, and um, you know, that's, and that's how I got through it all. And, and, and that's what inspired me into my coaching career. Tell us about your experience uh, training, uh, you know, Olympic athletes. Oh, that was, that was such a gift. You know, I, um, you know, when I was on the USA coaching staff, and, you know, when I got to travel with the team, um, I got to travel with the men's and women's team lots of times. And I actually got to take Mary Lou Retton, who was the gold medal winner in 84, on her very first international trip when she was 12 years old. We went to Canada for a five country meet. And, you know, it, it's amazing, Raji. The, the elite athletes, uh, they are, they really know who they are. You know, I mean, they are not all boastful and full of themselves, you know, they, they just know who they are as human beings and they let their actions speak for them. They're wonderful human beings and they're a delight to work with. And I was fortunate enough, you know, to travel with like Peter Vidmar and Tim Daggett and, you know, Mitch Gaylord, who, who became Olympic gold medal winners, you know, to Japan and things and Mary Lou Retton. And then um, in my, in, in where I had my, you know, gym in, in San Ramon in the next city over in Dublin, was an ice skating rink and Brian Boitano trained in that ice skating rink. And so for the 88 Olympics, his coach wanted him to learn a backflip on the ice because it, that was the year of the war of the Bryans, Brian Orser from Canada and Brian Boitano from the United States. And they would have a free skate afterwards. So like six months before the Olympic Games, she brought him into the gym and I started working with him on backflips. And to tell you, I was very, very nervous because I thought, oh, my gosh, I, I do not want to drop this guy and wreck his chances for becoming an Olympic gold medal winner. But uh, it was it was a joy working with him. And so it, it's just it was just a pleasure to work with these athletes. How long did you serve as a coach? Um, I was on the coaching staff from 1981 to 1984. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what did you do with your career after that? Oh, well, I, um, I coached all the way until 2014, you know, and then finally, you know, kind of retired from the sport. Um, 
I, uh, I, you know, I, I trained both men and women's gymnasts over those years. And one of the big, biggest joys was having a lot of my national and elite athletes, they, they all got like full ride scholarships to major universities all over the United States. So that was kind of nice because it made it worth their while for their parents to, you know, they paid me their dues all those years and then they got to go to school for free. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was great. And, and one of the things is, um, and one of the things like that I talk about in the book um, was that uh, the greatest compliment I ever got as a coach uh, came to me in a grocery store <laughs> while I was shopping. Um, one of my, one of, one of my parents of a, of a, you know, and it wasn't one of my national or, or elite athletes. It was one of my beginning competitors, uh, parents, um, you know, said that, um, you know, that everything that I taught her daughter in gymnastics was the reason that she was so successful in college. And she was saying that she was at UCLA and she was the president of her sorority and she had a double major. And she was getting straight A's and she was having the time of her life. It was all the things that I taught her in gymnastics. And I thought, wow, I don't remember all of that on the curriculum, you know? And then she says, yeah, she learned about goal setting and conflict resolution and time management and all these things that you need in life, you know? And it kind of hit me, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, like all the things that I taught, you know, it wasn't about the winning and losing and the medals and all that thing. It was, it was about all the things that were happening during the process of learning that were making these kids go out and be successful in life. And when did you write this book, uh, Broken to Brilliant? Um, well, I started writing it <laughs> a way long time ago. I, I, mean, I started writing stories down actually back in year 2000, just because, you know, my wife encouraged me to write these stories down because I was telling her to them. And then I seriously got to work. You know, I, I let it go by the wayside for many, many years. And then I seriously got to work in um, 2018. And then in and I kind of did it again a little on the side. And then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of time on my hands and I, I actually hired a, a coach in 2019, a writing coach, and I got serious about it. And, and, and during that time between 2019 and 2020, um, I finished the book and it came out on March 12th of this year. And um, I'm super excited. Absolutely. So tell us, you know, what can readers find in the book? Well, it's, it's, it's centered around my injury, you know, uh, the broken neck and recovery, but it's a memoir of my life. And it goes all the way from childhood all the way through until current day. And what I like about it is it, it, during the writing process, I learned a lot from myself and it was a good healing for myself also. But it, it gives you a new perspective of, you know, what I really want people to get out of this book is looking at life from a whole new perspective and connecting the dots of our life. Like what I learned during that time. And, you know, a lot of people have said this to me over my lifetime is like life doesn't happen to us. Life happens for us. If we're aware and see, you know, the gift in things that happen and a lot of the so-called bad things that happen to us in our life, are actually the catalysts that, that you know, spring us into the good things in our life. And what I did for myself is I connected the dots of my life. And that's what I want people to do when they read the book is to take you know, the experiences of their life and look at it. One of the best examples I can give you is like, 
you know, we blame a lot of things on people for why our life is what like they are. And one of the things I did was I blamed my dad for the way he taught me, you know, and he, he was a great dad and he taught me so many things. And, and he was teaching me all these things, you know, over projects around the house, you know, when I was a kid and I didn't realize that, you know, um, you know, he had to get things done. So he would, he would be teaching me and then he would say, Hey, I need a tool. And he'd send me off to get a tool. And then I'd come back and he'd finish the job. So as a little kid that screamed loud and clear to me, like, Oh, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. He took it away. And, you know, I mean, he never said anything. He just did it. And so I got angry all the time. I got upset. So, you know, my, I blame my dad for, you know, making me feel like I wasn't smart enough or good enough for things in life. And then one day about three or four years ago, I was sitting in my kitchen and it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, like, oh my gosh, it's one of those aha moments. Like, you know, if my dad hadn't taught me the way he did, I wouldn't have coached the way I did, you know? And I went, so I actually went outside that day and had a conversation with my dad and said, thank you, dad. Thank you for teaching me the way you did. Thank you for everything. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and it was, and it was just a great experience. So that's what I kind of want people to do is, is to be able to, you know, connect the dots of their life. They don't have to be a, an athlete or break your neck, you know, just take your experiences and build off of them and see what, what you can come up with a new perspective and how things really are lining up for you. And there is opportunities out there for you that you might be missing. Absolutely. And where do people find this book? Um, they can go to broken to brilliant.com and that'll take them right to the link where they can purchase it. And if they want to get a hold of me, they can go to Gary Buckman and that's B U C K M A N N.com. So Gary Buckman.com is my website. So I see that you're also into speaking and executive coaching. How long have you been doing that? Mm -hmm. Well, I've been doing that for the last few years, you know, and um, I'm getting ready and I'm very excited to combine my efforts with my wife because she's an amazing human being. And we're going to try to put together workshops that will help people realize just how amazing they are and what they're, you know, and how to reach their full potential in any area of their life. And uh, we're getting, we're getting ready to launch that, you know, this year and we're very excited. And the best way people can reach you is through your website, I believe. Yes. You can get me through my website, GaryBuckman.com. Awesome. Well, Gary, it's been a pleasure talking to you, you know, learning about your life and your times and absolutely your book uh, seems fantastic. Something that we should check out. You know, we hear so many uh, stories where we have epiphanies in life and then they put us in a different path. It's amazing to hear your story. You know, you had such a life-threatening disease, uh, not, well, not a disease, but a life-threatening situation. Um, but you took it into your own hands and came out, uh, came out successful. And in, in fact, uh, you know, went on to your life much better after it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and the thing that I want everybody to know is that, you know, I'm not some superhuman being or anything, you know, I'm just a normal everyday person like all of us. And we all have this capability inside of us because we have that internal knowledge and we have this mind of ours that can work to help that, you know, create anything that we want and do anything that we want. So, you know, it's like I always say, if I can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. You know, we are in these pandemic times right now and everybody's having their own struggle, you know, whether it's uh, fighting COVID or, you know, 
some of their family members fighting COVID or whether they've lost a job and things like those. What would be the one thing that you would want to say to people so that, you know, they stay on top of their game, irrespective of the challenges and the odds that they face? I think the best thing that they can do, and it's, it's not an easy thing, uh, you know, it's, it's the best thing I can think to do. It's not easy, though, is to actually sit back, you know, and take yourself out of the situation and try to see the, the gift in this situation. And sometimes that is so hard to do. But the, inevitably, there's always a gift. You know, it's there is something there that's there for you. You're not going through this challenge for no reason. You're going through it to expand yourself and move forward, but don't let it beat you down. Say, you know, um, why, you know, you don't have to ask why, but just say, what is the gift in this situation? And when you can recognize that, it gives you a whole new perspective and allows you to take steps forward onto the path you're supposed to be on. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Gary. Thank you for sharing your message. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will check out the book and, uh, Hope to keep in touch and all the best with your uh, courses and inspirational workshops. Well, thank you so much, Raji. And thank you for having me. And thanks for all the great work you're doing in the world. Plan B is a great idea. We all need plan B. Thank you. <laughs>